Hello everyone. Welcome to Des Doodles episode 10. I'm your host Sapna Malhotra. Today I wanted to share an experience I had a few years back. I still remember it was the first day of a new session at school. I was teaching kindergarten and my colleague and I, we were waiting at the door of our classroom for our new 30 little angels to come who we were going to teach that term. We were so excited to welcome them. The children were going to be only with us for half an hour for the first week so that they got accustomed to the new environment, to us, to each other. And then every week we would extend the time. And today they were going to be with us for the first day for half an hour. In walked our children. We had children who cried and cried for the first full week. And by the end of the week, they settled down. There were those who were so excited from day one. They ran around in the classroom, played with all the toys that were laid out and spoke to other friends. Then there were those who were so shy, who came and just wanted to hold our hands and just walk with us or just sit with us. In all those 30 children, I can never forget the face of that little angel who walked in with the most adorable face. He came in every day, sat down on his chair. He did not laugh. He did not talk to anyone. Just watched with peace at everything. No matter how hard my colleague and I tried to reach that child, there was something that we could not give him. We tried, we tried our level best from our knowledge, whatever we had, to make him feel comfortable. But there was something else that he needed. Today on Desk Doodles, we have three amazing women, three esteemed guests with whom we're going to talk about our experiences in situations where we didn't know what to do and learn from them how we can help children who need a special environment, who need our special attention. Let me welcome my three amazing women. Welcome to Desk Doodles. Thank you. Thank you. My awesome. first guest is uh, Mrs. Geeta Bhalla. She is the Associate Director at VXL uh, Educational Trust. She has 35 years of experience working with children, mentoring parents, mentoring teachers. She's also the principal of Clerioscope Learning uh, Center, a school which is run for special needs kids by VXL Educational Trust. My second guest is Ms. Mrs. Neha Bhardwaj. She is the program coordinator at uh, VXL. She has 15 years of experience working with children. And my third guest, Ms. Pooja Bhalla, who is uh, an art, music, and play therapist. She is a psychologist. She's a counselor. I'm running short of words to describe the three of you, really. It's such an honor to have you here. Welcome to Desk Doodles once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sapna. That was more than prolific. Thank you. Oh, please. So, Geeta, I'll come to you first. Tell us a little bit about how you walked this beautiful path. How did you start on this beautiful path? Huh, the beautiful path. You know, I often say this in many of my talks, but actually, I have been a teacher for as long as I know, right. meaning even nine years old. My parents were in the Air Force and we used to live in these lovely places, lovely bungalows. 
and we used to have these beautiful gardens right and as far as i know i used to even teach the bricks and the rose bushes every evening i would come back from school and teach them everything that i knew so it was not it was not very surprising for me that i took up this line right. but what i do call a big 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 destiny factor in this is when i was doing my b ed when i was training to be a teacher just for that one year in that delhi university came this one amazing person who was a teacher for just that one year and she was dr abzal freeze i'll never ever forget her because she came into the class and we were 225 students wow and by the end of one week or 10 days she had looked at all of us and said you 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 all are going to do educational psychology but you're also going to do education of the backward child and that is what it was called in those days mm-hmm. and she she chose me to be a special chose me and those six other people to be special educators i'd never even heard of the term before and as luck would have it for the last 40 years now 40 45 years i have only dealt with children and special needs so that's my story you know i have never taught a normal set of children though i have taught teachers of mainstream schools right. but never a set of norm, you know so called not normal i would say mainstream kids right right wow so that's my story that's wonderful it was just that you were destined to be here and i think god just knew that you're going to give it to the uh, you know those kids what they need the fact that i'm not bored i'm not jaded i feel delighted even now and i feel so natural in the company of these kids i know that i'm in the right place and i know that this was my path to take so that is perfect perfect how about you uh, neha so was because mama was already on that path so was it easy for you to uh, go in that direction how, how did your story begin hmm, i said i'm not going to work with special needs children okay <laughs> right so, uh, but children has been an interest throughout my life right so i actually studied montessori and in the school montessori school where i worked uh, there came this boy who was a boy with autism and i fell in love with him and he took me back to mamma's school because i w- i followed him back there and then somebody said hey you sing a little bit can you want to start doing little bit of your montessori or little bit of music with this boy just yeah. have fun with him okay. so that's how my story started i actually left the montessori school and then joined this school and then started with montessori but then like a year later met anthroposophy and then the journey after that that has just continued wonderful wonderful how about you pooja i mean now that two people from the family were already in that path so how was your journey beginning then <laughs> started a bit similar to neha's by saying like i that was teaching was the game that i played when i was small always right we didn't have anything again special needs children we saw them from the time we were small I'm but we were both very clear that we are not going to do this job or we are not going to teach them but i think it's them who called so i was studying my mphil in psychology and i was doing a project on music and autism so we had to choose a center and since mama worked there i said okay let me do my project here 
and I remember coming into the classrooms and the teacher saying this child has this problem he will never do this 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 he will never do that and I remember coming in and this is children who don't speak at all they won't look at you they won't do anything but maybe I'm also a bit like them I don't know but I just felt oh this place just feels like home that's the only feeling that I got that and the children they didn't seem to have any issues they did whatever I asked them to do and it just I think it it was them who called me so I didn't actually I didn't consciously say I want to do this right it's almost like they lured (laughs) they lured us and then we ended up all being in the same place (laughs) wonderful and that that's what I wanted here you know I remember when I started the conversation with uh, Geeta to get all of you for this talk and uh, it was uh, a difficult task for all of you to find that same time and Geeta said okay why don't we do one thing why can't we just have it with one person and then slowly we can and I was like no I just love this picture of all the three of you and how selflessly you're doing it and there's so much of learning inside that itself and so beautiful that the children themselves pulled you in right it was it was just uh, you know they they discovered that something in you which they wanted from you right that's that's so wonderful correct so let me come to you Geeta with my first question today and my first question is that how can we design uh, a positive uh, a beautiful environment for children who are on the autism spectrum disorder how can we create that environment for them so that they can blossom with happiness they can enjoy uh, you know the learning hmm actually you wouldn't believe it but in your question itself you have partially given the answer because normally when people do talk of autism they always talk about children and they're fixing their behaviors but truly the way to look at children with autism is what can we do in the environment which will help them flower and that is already one of the key points that we we really believe in that we design the environment in such a way that it is most conducive to these children i'll have to tell you at this point little bit about autism or at least our philosophy which guides us when we are working with these children So we, we in Neha mentioned the word anthroposophy. Anthroposophy is the wisdom of the human being. And we do believe that every human being is born with his spirit intact. You know, his spirit is completely intact, yours, mine, every child's. It's only the body, the vehicle in which the spirit is carried, which may be having some problem or the other, which maybe you can call it damaged, you can call it not well developed. And so the carrier of the spirit is not in order. We say that the spirit and this body come together to form the human being that you are. And when the spirit doesn't fit this body very well, then we see special needs. We see early childhood education from zero to seven sometimes as a process of befriending the spirit. But mostly children are able to do it. Mostly you'll see most children, okay, they, you know, like so-called well-adapted kids Mm -hmm. or 
the so-called neurotypical kids will have this close connection between the spirit and the body and you will see them functioning quite normally but every once in a while and now pretty much once in a while yeah. because it is one in 60 children right. who show this so it's very often that once in a while comes that this spirit doesn't fit this child's body very well and then you have flapping of hands you see them like a motor they'll be roaming about they'll be doing this they'll be screwing up their eyes and all of these so how so but the very fact that you know that behind this facade there lies a spirit which is intact pretty much like even if beethoven or mozart had to come to play a piano which was not you know it was not in its best order then he couldn't have produced the melodies that he produced right, right. so pretty much like that so we strive to meet the spirit in the human being and secondly we understand that these children have sensory issues so we try and design an environment where much of these sensory issues are reduced or where you know like of course the children some of them which are who are hyper vestibular they're seeking they're seeking movement we have enough of swings we need therapy so you design your entire environment with the light the kind of curtains you put the way we take care of their textile needs the kind of uniform they wear all of those things which go a lot in taking care of their persona most importantly these children need a human being who understands them yes so that also forms a large part of the environment the way my consciousness is when i look at you if i have a preconceived commentary that oh my god he's drooling and why is he doing this the child is not going to manifest himself sometimes it's the other extreme special children also divine you know that also they manifest in another way yeah. but if you see them like any other child would say yeah seems to be running a little bit more doesn't seem to be planting his feet properly on the ground seems to be really on his tiptoes and yeah he does seem to have some nervousness so when we start observing them they actually give you clues to who they are and what the therapy must be the other environment we take very good care of is their physical selves we know that many of these children are uncomfortable in their body so we take utmost care of their guts so we i call it the five point program that we follow meet the child in its essence right. change the environment not the child yeah help them with their body with their nutrition with the gut and having a wonderful consistent rhythm and help them with body and a little we can i'm sure neha puja can elaborate on this and we also keep the child in the center and build a community around the child himself never works alone the teacher and the child the parent and the child the therapist and the child the entire team the child is in the center but we keep increasing his the community around him and once the community thinks like you the child flowers i think the child understands that he's in an environment where he's accepted for what he is and everybody's appreciative of whoever he is they don't want to change him or her and i think that 
itself uh, gives him or her the comfort to really reveal himself what mm -hmm. he exactly or she is mm -hmm. from within, right? This That's has pretty much been our story. They, of course, have worked hands-on, Neha and Pooja, and we'll be able to tell you many more stories of how they don't find, they don't, we still refer to them as children with autism, but Pooja often tells me that she doesn't even, she doesn't even find, they do nothing, nothing like autism. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll come to uh, Neha with that, because like Mama said that, you know, it's about creating that environment where you know we take care of each and every little thing and then i think the children just blossom like that and i know that you have brought music into their lives and uh, you're bringing joy and happiness with that you use music as a medium to teach them to get through to them so how do you do that if you can share something with us i think there were two things one is music has always been part of our life so we grew up with music and we are still homework from our teacher that we work with. She, she told us, figure out how the music comes to you and then what you want to actually do with it. Yeah. So that is one thing we are still working with music. But music, like I said, it, it runs through us. It's like a different way of talking, you sing or something like that. So it comes very naturally. So that when when I became a class teacher, there were two things. One is the classroom became like I, I felt this is a home for the children for these three hours or two hours. So I should set it up in a way that they feel comfortable. And music, I didn't think so much, but it just came right. very naturally to me. But when it came and I watched the children, then I found that uh, something changed in them. They smiled, the children who didn't speak started singing and then started speaking. And then Puji joined the school and then we started singing in harmony and that we sing a lot together. Right. And when they started listening to that, some of them started making like saying one or two words which we made into a song. So it was like one thing led to the other, led to the other. Right. And music just became part of whatever we did. Yeah. So uh, some people are saying it's therapy for, for, for us. It's not therapy for us. It's just that's how it is. It's a way of living with them. It's a way them of there. living with them and yeah. it's a way of living for us. Yeah. So, But it, does, it did help them a lot, right? Like you said. Because, yeah. I think music for us when we grew up always brought joy to us. We sing a lot with our dad. And yeah. we, are, we love listening to music where there are different, different voices. And we loved practicing together and we practiced very hard together and we tried to record and all those things. And I somewhere started playing the guitar, Puji started playing the piano. Right. And when this came to the children as form of just being us, yes, we did see them flowering a lot. And that was very beautiful to, to So to did you have them. other children also who wanted to learn uh, instruments or who, want, who showed interest in uh, wanting to learn music? The special needs children, they not really. They would come very close to me, listen or watch my fingers, how I played, touch right. the guitar sometimes. Yeah. But it was more that when I sing or when Pooji sings or when we sing together, something fills the room. And in that something that, that like there's joy or there's a there's lot of joy when I sing, there's a lot of peace when Pooji sings. If someone is crying and Pooji begins to sing, they either cry more, but in a very peaceful way, something gets very rested. 
So right. that started happening a lot. So it was not that they said we want to learn what you're doing. Yeah. It was more that keep doing that keep because doing. it's bringing something for us. Right, right. After a point, there were some of my Down syndrome children who said, "Can we hold the mic and sing and oh. act and be like you?" That also started happening. It's just like children, right? Any any yeah. child would be excited by music. I mean, uh, I don't think we even need to refer it to a child who's with special needs. It's just. I think uh, children are so soft that music and art generally, I think, is a beautiful medium to play with them with, right? I would say all human beings. Absolutely, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> correct, correct. And how about you, Pooja? You've brought uh, art into your, uh, you know, teaching as well. You uh, you use art as a medium. You've done a course with, uh, I think, uh, Sally Martin as well. So how do you use that, and how how does it uh, help? with uh, bridging that gap between you and the children uh so music is something that came very naturally art was not something that came naturally so i always say that when you come into this job uh, there are things that come naturally to you where you will automatically discover gifts of your own and there are certain places like i was not comfortable with touch and i had to give massages i never painted much and i but the teachers in some way chose me and said no you need to do this and you need to do it with them yeah. so they saw something in me and i'm i guess i trusted them enough um actually working with the children so closely i would say yes music helps art helps many things help play helps and i worked in many mediums right. but the most important thing i would say is just the that relationship and that's the more like i i sometimes don't have to do any therapy so there are children who are screaming crying biting doing everything possible on the corridor yeah. and they enter the room and they sit down and there's peace and i didn't do anything right, right. but there's something there in the space that it's almost like but i'm guessing that everybody has these sometimes people in their life right. who you just feel comfortable with them or you just feel like oh uh, thank god i'm here yeah. so i wouldn't uh, i i i won't look and say what was the magic what was the color what was the stroke i used i understood that those things have a big like after studying art therapy they it can work beautifully as therapy Yeah. but unless they don't feel comfortable then everything becomes like a tool or something like that correct correct i understood for them i could be just singing like this or painting or sitting or reading them a story but in that space it becomes important actually more than anything it's just that me recognizing you even if you're flapping even if you're stimming correct i see there's more beyond you and i see that you've not come here simply i understand you've come here for a big purpose and in somebody just witnessing you and seeing you that makes quite a like i don't have to stim to say look at me i know you look at me and i wouldn't have learned how to do this if they never looked at me like that so in the way that the children watch you once you've experienced it if you have ever experienced that love from them and that witnessing from them like 
sometimes we like god can see through <laughs> through your stomach inside you when you just uh, understand that right. so yeah. and i think it's a beautiful feeling uh, i think probably for both of you your students and you because you have that one uh, platform where you just you're just together right and uh, that's what they have understood in the time that they have been with you that they can just be themselves and you just appreciate them for what they are exactly yeah. i and think that's what I, did. i think the most important therapy in that is love so yeah. i think that's that Absolutely. it it seems like it's a fairy tale story or like a magic thing and sometimes love is not easy yeah but i think that's the Correct. that's the the key crux and if i look at them and everything that they come to do that's the one thing they keep pushing yeah. can you love me can you yeah. move a little bit can you love can you love can you love because they have lots of love so. yeah. i think children generally uh, yes. all kids um, i whenever i the other day also when i was talking to you geeta i just feel that Uh, today we are talking about children with special needs but when we talk i think it just feels that it's just children i mean it it doesn't we've just added one uh, name tag to it but all children would love an environment where they are not judged all children would appreciate if you know the other person a teacher or the parent was just loving them for what they are giving them the space to express the way they want to so i think that environment is so uh, a happy environment for any child to uh, you know uh, blossom and flourish you're so, absolutely absolutely right initially i worked at the spastic society here in bangalore and i used to often say like you know people used to tell me why do you push the kids so hard like what are you doing i said because they are all neha puja to me you know <laughs> i want them to do what they are doing yeah and now it we excel one of the most beautiful things about the organization that we are working is there's a lot of freedom there is so much of freedom and we are not bogged down by certain curriculum certain must certain that so i could it's a very unique kind of a place where each one of us can take our own selves and manifest you know if i like neha puja feel very strongly about this the space is given to them they are not there is no structure there is no have tos there is no thing that you have to comply with and therefore you get like them there are many many young children who joined and who have done amazing work wow these are two of them who have done and yes their work is i can say they were harbingers of this uniqueness but today we do find a lot of young staff who want to bring their quality of service and they do only because there is a space in which they aren't too many bandhan there is not like no this is not allowed kind and the children need all of us yeah the children need all of us they need this world they need this world to understand that you don't have to only be talking about environment and pollution or actually special needs is also a very 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 big theme yeah and they are part of the community like none other Absolutely. and they are you and me with some differences that's true and i'm passionate about the fact right now that people have to recognize i don't feel shy at all now you know when we say that it is not just the parents who are responsible or the school the entire community can come forward to accept 
include and help and do whatever else they can. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So true, because I think we talk about ethnic diversity, we talk about gender diversity, and this is just neurodiversity, right? And why can't we all come up and, you know, uh, dedicate ourselves to something like this and accept, accept them for how beautiful they are as they are. That's it. So, uh, which brings me to my next question for you, um, uh, Gita, that we were talking about your uh, school, the environment, which is a special exclusive environment. So do you think that it is uh, for children on the spectrum, it is better for them to be in a school which has a special environment or an inclusive uh, environment school is also, you know, does help? That's a very beautiful, but for me, slightly poignant question. Hi. Because again, for me, it is, what does this child need? Yeah. This, this particular child. Ideally, ideally have, after having studied anthroposophy and after having studied the Waldorf approach to education, the early childhood group, yeah. I feel should be evenly, beautifully given to every child born on this earth. They need to grow up only with this kind of education. It is so natural. It is so age appropriate. It is totally tuned to your changing consciousness. And therefore, every child will benefit from it. I will go so far to say that children with special needs, if they are given the first seven, eight years in an environment which is not exclusive, but inclusive, but doing it the right way, you will minimize the damage which can happen in later years. Okay. Of course, having said that, I would say it's wonderful to include, but it all depends on what that particular child needs. We've had both kinds. I've had both kinds of experiences. We've had children who have come away from a regular school. They were included in a neurotypical school, but when they came to our school, they blossomed. And so much so, after blossoming here, one of the children who went back to that school for some, you know, festival that they had to have, they had a special needs festival. But that child, when he went back to that school, he got the heebie-jeebies at the gate because he said, no, this was not a place where I had a good experience. And here he had to be accompanied by the teachers. And over the next, next four or five years that he continued to go there to sing, he overcame that antipathy towards that school. But so they are, and I remember when I was here at Spastic Society also, we used to go to different schools and the children who would come to us for remedial work over there used to say, what a lot of fun you people are having, you know, even though they were wheelchair bound, but they used to be playing cricket and they would say, what a lot of fun you people are having. So it depends on the severity. Sometimes when the severity is too much, like some of the needs of these autism children are so much, they definitely would benefit from an, ex from an environment which understands them completely. So I would say it depends, you should try the inclusion, but if inclusion is not working, it's okay to give them an exclusive environment. Right. So we call it the least restrictive environment. Whatever is the least restrictive for you, you put them in. So I won't use it like a buzzword and I won't, I mean, I may be even going down in the books of special educators as a, you know, because you can't <laughs> say you don't believe in inclusion. Yeah. 
sometimes it isn't the right answer for you absolutely it all depends as on the style as a concept yeah inclusion should be world over but that should be it should begin with anything <laughs> i am a punjabi and i go into a room full of tamilian women they should stop talking in tamil and at least speak in english right you shouldn't feel excluded Yeah. similarly the same with punjab if you have a south indian coming there you should not be so all of inclusion can be in many many ways but for special children you should see their needs what they can do children with learning disabilities surely can enter mainstream education those should of be included of course of course autism is another game altogether like you need to see yeah absolutely no i totally uh, respect your views on that and uh, this when you were talking it uh, you know i went back to the uh, experience that i was sharing in the beginning with you and uh, i i still remember that one of the biggest uh, hurdles for us at that time uh, you know was uh, talking to the parent and the parents acceptance it was uh, it was so difficult for us to make the parent understand that you know that the child needs a beautiful environment where he or she is going to flourish more blossom better because uh, in a class where there are 30 children it is very difficult for a teacher to give that undivided attention to one student and in the beginning years sometimes the student wants that kind of an attention that you and you can see that if you give that total your all to that child you can see that something might work with that child but when you have 30 other children you you can't find that time so i think the, my question next question maybe to pooja and neha is that how difficult has it been for you people to uh, mentor or talk to parents to accept the children the way they are and i think that's the first step for their development for their growth and for them to blossom i think the parental acceptance is i think the biggest yeah uh, but i think here there is my class whom i've been with since they were kindergarten they are now senior school they are adults now 20s wow. so the set of parents has also been together right and i think uh, it finally boils down to can i build a relationship with them also so it never reaches a point where it's teacher against parent parent against teacher though yeah. there are many times in the many many years of working together you feel like killing each other you're, <laughs> you're like this so simple this is all he needs why can't you give it to him but i think um, as a class teacher who's still working with this group of parents and they are a very big support yeah. uh i think it it really um, it, and at the end of it it's can i actually be a friend to them yeah. not that i empathize with everything because the way i see the child is always different from the way a parent looks at the child so it's not that i say yes to everything the parent is thinking and doing and not doing i don't i stay there and i push and i love them and i push and i love them but can i build that relationship because between the teacher and the parent if there is a bridge the children again blossom there yes absolutely they flower there absolutely. so the more the more the relationships in which i fought more and invested more for the like no this child is saying this and you know those are the children who actually came to class the next day and smiled 
Right. I would have had a fight with his mother in the night. Literally, <laughs> comes in smiling. Yeah. So then the the counselor who works with us in our school, she said, and our our teacher, our guide, they told us, yes, keep keep having these dialogues and always keep this space for dialogue open with the parent, yeah. because most often you will not agree, and it's the same with a colleague in the class. Yeah, absolutely. Many times you don't agree, but if there is a space open for that discussion. and there is a that that we both actually want something good for this child i think the child blossoms right i think the yeah. the meeting parents it it is not easy and i'm sure for them it's not easy to meet the teacher but and it's a slow 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 it's literally like Absolutely. a marriage that you slowly work with you work at it and, and i think it's a lot of uh, you know observations like when we were also working with that child and i'm not a special educator so for us also we had to be we were like really treading very very slow and i remember one of our colleagues uh, she she's your sister right and we used to tell minati that minati can you just check with uh, geeta if we are doing this right or how can we help that child and uh, we try we were trying so many different things with uh, that kid but when it came to the parent it was mostly like you know that they did not want to accept that our child needs a different environment so and where we could see that if he got a different environment he would have blossomed you know he would have really uh, enjoyed every day it's, it's like sitting in a mandarin class the whole day when you don't understand anything and it's such a torture to sit like that right for 3 hours that you are there so geeta do you have something to say i remember I this i remember this child very well I think yeah Mina used to talk about this child and I do know that the very little 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 things that we said so for me because you all were both kg teachers yeah. I really encouraged you to have that child in your class because I just said sing more give him this if all the other children are drawing it's okay for him to you know just take the pencil and do something so make those but the very fact that he was one and I do remember Mina telling me that slowly the child had warmed up to her and had started showing her yeah a little bit of himself i don't know at the end i don't remember now what happened to the end but she did say that yes he was he actually learned to read and write too a little bit if i'm not yes, mistaken he did he did progress a little bit and then i think uh, when it was time to uh, move to first grade that's when uh, finally the took uh, took a, yes, took a, yes, took a different uh, I, and pooja wants to say something about the parent bit because it's a strong thought in my head yeah. pooja please say i also want to say that when children come and uh, especially maybe in an inclusive school actually in in every in environment yeah. and they are doing something and they are not fitting in and they are not kind of conforming to whatever's the 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 norm of the yeah. the thing then for me knowing them knowing that hey uh, it's just something that we believe in that they actually chose to come here they they chose their own life they chose their parents they chose this environment to come so if i have consciously chosen to come here and if i am not fitting in here 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 and i ask them then why am i here right it's, if you look a little deeper maybe they are pointing to say right. hey can something else change like we started with the whole environment changing 
many times they just manifest something that needs to change not for themselves right, right. but that it may benefit many yep. more people yeah. and uh, the children with special needs there's one of them but they move a whole community they take it in a medicine or in agriculture and anything lifestyle change so one child coming means the whole house has to change the family the grandparents that all everybody goes <laughs> everybody goes like you said for parents it's very hard to accept this because i wanted a child and i got a child but to think my child chose me for this it's quite as as somebody watching them and i say if like sometimes they don't match at all like i would have wondered why did this child choose this parents because sometimes feel <laughs> the parents can't cope but then when i look and i say must be for a reason and if you look really deeper there's always something behind it so, so no like you said the whole community uh, you know uh, is there with that child because when that when that kid was in our class also the children for children it wasn't uh, anything at all it's only as an adult we could see that the child needs a little more or he needs because there is a uh, you know boundary around how the school functions and how the classroom needs to be what the child needs to do and uh, but the children were absolutely fine they were uh, having fun with that kid and he was he used to just he, he was happy just watching so that was that i mean from that point of view it was just perfect relationship right yeah. for them yeah sorry mama yes geeta you wanted to add to the pooja pretty much uh, answered that i have found over these many many years that if parents adopt a philosophy to hold on to you know and they believe in that philosophy life becomes a little easier and the philosophy is just this there is a purpose for everything to happen if they only and this didn't come to us i remember right in the beginning when i joined vxl there was a mother who had a multiple disabled child multiple he he was yeah deaf he was not blind but very little vision and he couldn't speak and there were multiple issues with him and that mother said in one of the meetings she said you know even if the world gives me a choice today i wouldn't choose any other child because my aditya chose me wow. he chose my womb to be there and that was a very empowering statement for the other parents he chose my womb and therefore i am the mother chosen and then if we can if we and we have known one of one of our one of our beautiful students you know his name is sabri and sabri has written something which says do not feel sad for me i have chosen these indigo robes you know please don't don't think that you can feel and if the parents are convinced of this that my child has chosen this birth to create a change in his environment then the whole the whole way to look at it is different different the fact remains that without these children we would not have changed in certain very essential ways so when we meet these children it's almost like asking them who are you this is the, these were the three sentences given neha puja keep referring to our mentor yes there is our teachers who've taught us they say who are you we ask the child and the second question we ask him is what have you brought for me here like in the sense where do you want me to change and believe me 
they will target that very thing in you which you are not very good at it could be patience it could be anger there was a child who came and gave me one thap on my chest you know and i for quite some time i've been wearing this crown of being a queen principal and i walk and i'm used to children teachers quickly doing their jobs and the children everybody sitting straight but this my dear friend came and he gave me one thap on my chest and i looked at him i didn't look at him and say what did you do i had to quickly say what did i do what did i do to get this and i remembered that in a moment of just few minutes ago in a moment of anger i had actually shouted at someone quite not nicely like i had not used the right words they were not polite and in fact used i may have used a b word or something like that you know i would have as right. i would have said bloody for something and he just came and he quickly wrote he pulled puja's hand and he wrote gita practice what you preach <laughs> okay so gita whether she likes it or not cannot get away with blue murder because she's the principal you i have to learn to control what i have to be conscious of the words coming out of my mouth i can't be so wrought up to say why is this bloody thing here no you can't if you are teaching your children if you are teaching your children to be calm yeah. then you yeah. better be calm so i say they bring to you what you need to learn and then you ask them how can i help you yes they are not here just idealistic they've also come to this earth and we need to have them be members of this earth so we need to help them do that but they will come with you with an agenda right. if the parents understand that they are here for a reason they've come here for an agenda i find those parents flourishing and those able to give a lot of help to other parents they are able to kind of really build a very beautiful community with other parents and that's super ideal absolutely yeah. that i just got lost when you were talking and it, it's so beautiful uh, we have uh, you know today the time but i'm sure we are going to get you back uh, the three of you for more conversations uh, you know in the future also but uh, you know let me uh, there's one big thing that i wanted to uh, address here and that is one of course when i next time when the times are better and i'm driving to chennai i'm definitely definitely coming to kaleidoscope to see the magical world that you've created for your children over there and to happy enjoy world. yes yeah? i would say it's a happy world yes absolutely happy world and i will Most definitely do that absolutely but the thing is that now we are still uh, conversing all across uh, you know this yeah. uh, screen so how difficult or how easy has it been for you to reach your children in this time of uh, you know pandemic because educators across the globe are struggling right everybody is finding it difficult how to reach the children how to make uh, classes interesting how to get them to talk so how how easy or difficult has it been for you do you want to answer that uh yeah because uh, neha i'm sure will have a completely other side <laughs> <laughs> i love the fact that both of you are together and yet you have absolutely you know somewhere different uh, individualities that is so beautiful to see <laughs> uh, i mentor certain classes like kindergarten or uh, my class is the oldest in the class in the school so these two extremes that i take 
they don't want anything to do with being online right there's nothing you can do online because the children just refuse to come or they hide under the bed or they just don't want it yeah. so as much like there are certain children from other classes who might call or sing to them teachers work with them but there's i'm i'll talk about the children who don't come at all right yeah i can talk about what we do when they do come correct so these children i just look and i wonder that this time with their parents has never happened before ever so most of the parents are very happy to like they cry the children cry and the parents cry when they are holidays in school because it's 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 not easy to live with a child with special needs as much as we say parents need to do this this and it's not easy and it it's almost like this time has been given to parents to say now come meet your children and it's it's been quite beautiful actually to watch that the parents aren't stressed because they didn't have to go to work they had to do everything of the house and mother and father both there in the house and even the hardest child like who would throw things out of the window and do all those things they are happy because their parents are there and their parents are relaxed and breathing and i just felt for for the children who don't come they've had to work with their parents a lot yeah. so some some part of the work has been with the parents right uh, some part of it is obviously with the children but it's like can the parents come can we help bridge that that Correct. that sort of space a little bit more till actually they begin to enjoy their children and when that happens then i would actually say oh good this time has been good for yeah. the children because they got to experience that yeah for the children who come you can yeah, yeah. no uh, for i actually agree with what she said no no i also agree <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but yes. uh, it is it it actually this kind of medium is something we are constantly fighting because yeah. we are actually constantly getting into our, our school more movement and more touch all our work is through movement and touch and this I'm actually being human being human yes and this is not human this is extremely artificial that i can't even sit in the same room as you and yeah. feel you and be next to you or hold your hand or reach out to you nothing i can't do anything so it is uh, it is it i was wondering what what's ha- happening actually in this time and like pooji said it's like every family not only especially not only yeah but every family in this time has had close proximity to each other <laughs> oh, sometimes <yes>. too close <laughs> and you you reach a point where you want to kill each other <laughs> but yeah. that we can't do anything because you can't get out of the house yeah. so i do feel that uh, through this one thing that i saw happening in my classes that a deep longing began to flower the children love school they love their teachers but there was this because it's not we can't do it it's not a normal time then even 2 minutes that i see that other human being something changes in me for the whole day right so i think the whole going online it's it ba- it's based on the child it's based on the family it's based on a lot of compassion and flexibility if the mother says i can't come for the class at this time i have to put the clothes to dry you respect that yeah okay but you don't kill yourself as a teacher in the process but so it is it's like it's something that's constantly changing right. 
but it's it is also it has also brought this fact that hey at least like this we can see each other and hear each other so it's been difficult because this sitting in front of the computer is very draining for the children also so i i believe in having very small small short short poignant times with them and then closing it for the day and waiting to see them again the next day that's been helpful i think what you said both of you i think it is true for every child it is every true child. for everyone i think forget the children even for us as adults i think this time has brought families so close i mean i've talked to cousins of mine who i have not spoken in so many years and people getting together online but of course nothing nothing can compare to a human touch a human uh, a person inside the room and talking face to face there's nothing comparable to that and especially when your children you are doing so much at school for them i think they must be really missing all that music and all the uh, you know your theatrics and you you uh, in fact that brings me to you uh, organize a show for your children right every year the children and you together so yeah, tell us a little bit about that i mean i i've i've seen the trailer and i'm just so in awe of that so it's a, it's just a, before you speak i wanted to say that kaleidoscope learning center is one section but why that whole business of that whole theatrical thing is so important this vxl is a lifespan organization we have children coming in from birth but we continue to look after them till they are 25 we place them in different places we've had children who've started working in hotels we've started placing them in different places so that's all about the older children and our school is a transition time between this and this but there is a vocational center we and like when pooja said that there is one child who changes the community because of the want of two or three children today we have an entire farm wow still has a farm which has been started by the partner organization one of our one of our one of the couples who is also the trustees of our school who opened a farm where children go and spend four days at a time three days at a time okay. you know so it's become a huge organization we are actually 10 centers all over india now amazing so i want uh, i and why this production is great is it brings everybody together at one at one point yeah you can it talk just, about that it just started as annual day like every school has an yeah. annual day annual. our school also has annual day but uh, mamma came up with we will not because it brings it's a lot of work and right. it's a lot for the children also lot for the teachers also so she said we are going to have one year annual day one year sports day so this this year the uh, the uh, play we wrote was called the last leaf of lorien and uh, the children actually wrote it with us it's uh, it's actually lot of fun because mm. <laughs> the whole like mama said the whole all the centers come together and normal life stops and you enter a completely different world and this time they said we want to do a fairy tale we want to write it we want to act it we want to dance in it and we want the whole community to here. come together wow wow so that was how many of you in total close to 200 i think wow wow so i think all of one of the scenes there were 150 people so. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing i i in fact uh, definitely we would we would maybe just add a little clip here and let everybody see what uh, an amazing uh, you know performance that must have been really
so great uh, talking to the three of you it is i i've learned so much i'm sure my viewers my guests um uh, speakers uh, uh, you know you have been amazing so but definitely promise me you are going to come back again and uh, we're going to share more conversations on more topics like this and uh, so geeta before we leave a message for students outside educators outside parents my message is for you first of all my message is for you thank you sapna oh, it's not <laughs> i truly say this no. thank you for giving us an opportunity for us i don't know how many people are how many people are going to view this but i say even if there is one person who's hearing this and kind of thinks that there is more to autism there is more to children with special needs than meets the eye i can only be thankful to you giving us I'm a platform no. for us working with children is one thing but really making people aware of disability is a huge thing and you've helped us do that i have no other words i am really truly grateful i'm very honored to be here and want to thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart i'm i it's been my pleasure and i have learned so much i've been wanting to do this for so long it's something that's so close to me but uh, thanks the three of you for coming and i think in the end i would just like to add what you uh, all three of you said throughout our conversation that children are like gifts to be unwrapped and we need to just unwrap them slowly to find that beautiful treasure within and enjoy them the way they are because they're just beautiful as they are right so thank you so much once thank again you. and see you soon again yeah. thank you thank bye you bye so bye bye